These are difficult times in world history, and we here today are to be the leaders of the future and must prepare to take our place to meet the challenge which will, without fail, come to each one of us. Those words were spoken in the Pasquani Chapel 86 years ago in 1936 by Pasquani's second director, Mr. Teddy. At that time, the United States was still in the midst of the Great Depression, and Pasquani's enrollment had shrunk to the lowest in camp's history. More difficulty lay ahead. In two years, the hurricane of 1938 ravaged this hillside, and thousands of board feet of lumber had fallen, destroying the original chapel where Mr. Teddy had spoken those words, where now all you can see are the small ruins of the old altar above the baseball field. Four years later, Mr. Teddy died unexpectedly, only a few months before the start of the 1940 season, and Mr. Charlie had to take over on very short notice at age 31. Two years after he started, Mr. Charlie vo volunteered to join the Navy to fight in World War II, and, pa and the Pasquani Board of Trustees voted to close camp if Pop Watson, then in his 60s, could not come back to serve as director in Mr. Charlie's absence. These are difficult times in world history. Those words feel as relevant to me now as they must have to him then. Think about the world away from camp right now. What difficulties are we facing in our lives away from camp? Tao. Uh, the COVID pandemic. Pandemic, Gavin. Um, refugees and war in Ukraine. Refugees, war in Ukraine. The oil crisis in Western Europe. Oil crisis in Western Europe. Gas prices. Gas prices, energy costs. Ian. Chip shortage. Chip shortage. Ethan. Climate change. World hunger. Can gun violence. Pip. Nobody likes each other. Political division. Racism. Benno. Record setting heat waves. It's hot here today, it's much hotter other places. Gavin. Wildfires. Wildfires. On and on this list can go. I'll take us home, Jackson. Political division. Political division. Our circumstances can give rise to a range of emotions. Perhaps we feel angry. How can the world be like this? How can people act this way? Perhaps we feel life is treating us unfairly and that we are entitled to more than we are getting. My parents didn't have to grow up during a pandemic. Why do I? Perhaps we feel paralyzed. One of the basic reactions to danger is to freeze in the hopes that it will pass us by. Perhaps we feel defeated. The world's just not going to get any better, ever, so why try? How we react to adversity, how we choose, choose to live in the world is based on how we define happiness. How we define happiness influences so much of what we do, yet it is not something many of us think very deeply about. So think about your definition of happiness for a moment. What does it mean to you to be happy? 
Jackson? To have everything you need. To have everything you need. To Max? Have fun. To have fun? To be with family and friends. To be with family and friends? Kenny? Doing something you like to do. Ian? To be in a safe place. To be in a safe place. James? To have accomplished something. To have accomplished something. To be yeah. popular. To be popular? Michael? To be comfortable. To be comfortable. These are all very good suggestions. Hold them in your mind for a moment while we look at some of the things that happiness to me isn't. Many people believe that happiness comes from possession, that it comes from having things, so therefore the more things you have and the better those things are, the happier you will be. So our pursuit of happiness becomes the pursuit of things. That's why many people think they're in school you go to school and get good grades so you can get into a good college. You go to a good college so you can get a good job. You get a good job so you get paid well. You get paid well so you can possess the best things and a lot of them. And finally, you're happy just before you die. The people with the giant houses, the amazing cars and yachts, and the new suit for every day of the year, they must be happy. Many of us fall into this definition from time to time, yet it doesn't seem right. Look around us now. We have few possessions at camp, and many of them would not qualify as luxurious beyond the hillside. Dana is no Beverly Hills mansion. Stanwood doesn't even have four walls. If you've driven in the old blue whale, you know that it doesn't have FM radio and that the gas gauge is more of a suggestion than an actual measurement. At Pasquani, we get excited when we get new brooms with the thin handles. Think about it, most of you have less than 10 pairs of socks here. Here we are rich in what we can live without. And we have experienced happiness here. Another tempting definition that many people base their lives on is that happiness equals pleasure. When you eat good food, it is pleasing. When you relax into a comfortable chair, it is pleasing. When you play a good video game, it is exciting and that excitement is pleasing. So the pursuit of happiness becomes a pursuit of pleasure and something we seek immediately, everywhere, and in large quantities. Another way of looking at it is that happiness is the absence of any inconvenience, suffering, or pain. It is something, if something is difficult or slow, it is to be avoided because it won't yield any pleasure, so why bother? Pleasure, however, doesn't last. It is like a small candle that burns itself out quickly after it is lit, leaving the room dark once again. Pleasure is a short-term phenomenon. It's here and gone. If happiness were pleasure, the happiest camper here would be surrounded by moon rocks, eating Mary Lamb in a hammock with an iPad taped to his face, streaming the end of Stranger Things season four. <laughs> For the record, I think the show fell off after season two, but opinions may differ. Happiness is something deeper. Something you are truly happy about today will bring you happiness years from now. Think of a long hike you completed or a challenge from your expedition this summer. At the time, it might not have felt that pleasurable to be grunting up a mountain, but the feeling at the top, there is happiness there. And if you search your heart now, you can still sense some of that happiness. It might have lessened but it has not vanished. 
Happiness is not the beautiful flowers that bloom in the spring and die in the winter. It is something deeper in the nurturing earth itself. One last thing people often mistake happiness for is power. If I am in charge, they say, if I am giving the orders, if I could have everything my way and under my control, if those people would just listen to me, I would be happy. But is that really the case? This summer, what are you really in charge of? Whether new boy, 16-year-old, counselor, or director, can you control other people? I think inspection results tell us otherwise. If I could control all of you, there'd be no need for inspection. What are we in charge of then other than ourselves, our thoughts, and our actions? Each of us has influence, but none of us has real power over each other. And yet, we've experienced happiness here. So if happiness is not a feeling, does not derive from possession, is not the product of pleasure, and has no basis in power, what then is it? I'm convinced that if Aristotle were alive today, he would send his sons to camp to learn about happiness, which he defined as activity of the soul in accordance with virtue throughout a complete life. Activity of the soul in accordance with virtue throughout a complete life. I would suggest you are experiencing that type of activity this summer. Virtues are what we talk about here and in tree talks each week. Honesty, respect, kindness. We are practicing these virtues here. We are practicing being just, trying to view people based on what they do and how they treat others, not by the clothes they wear, how much wealth they have, or what they look like. We are practicing being moderate, avoiding excess in any one thing, except perhaps moon rocks. We are living an active, not sedentary life, swimming, diving, rowing, paddling, sailing, hitting, serving, building, exploring, sweeping, washing, weeding, and on. We are practicing being courageous, trying new things, taking on challenging hikes or performances on stage. We are practicing wisdom and the exercise of good judgment, stopping and thinking before acting. We are practicing being honest, and trusting with one another and ourselves. We are practicing making loyal friends by being friendly and loyal. We are practicing real happiness. We must take this notion of happiness, living according to virtue, to meet the difficulties ahead. Because there are always, always difficulties ahead. Think of the next three weeks in front of us. What are some of the challenges that remain in front of us this season? Bennett. The long walk. Tail. Short walk. Short walk. Tennis tournaments. Thank you, Rafe. Alex. Water sports. Ben. Crew races. Crew races. Yeah. Baseball games. Baseball games. D diving competitions. Diving competitions. Ian. Water sports duties. Tail. The regatta. The regatta. Charles. Hikes. Hikes. Sammy? Plays. Plays. Pip. Shop projects. Taylor. Leaving camp. Baylor. Inspection. Inspection. The ancient Chinese said that if you view all adversity as an opportunity for self-development, 
you will never stop growing and you will not misunderstand the universe. Happiness is made from meeting adversity with virtue. And from that meeting can come a wonderful, joyous spirit. Bob Bulkley, sitting right over there, who was at camp for 66 summers, Bubbles? 66 summers, or if you think about that, over half of its existence, used to give a chapel talk about the Pasquani spirit. I'd like to quote a few sections of that talk to you now. The Pasquani spirit is both grand and sweeping and is also grounded in the minutia of our daily lives. The firm grip and look in the eye when we greet each other each day. The handshake after an obstacle race. The volunteering on opening day to be a table boy. Picking up a tennis racket so it will not be rained on and finding its owner. And our dealings with one another, cooperating rather than hindering. Grace and forbearance rather than bickering. Good duties, sharp inspections, picking up trash, being on time. Not griping over a tough hike or hard duty. Winning or losing gracefully in a competition. The courtesy shown to the bus drivers on our hikes. Honest, open, decent, and respectful relations with others. The Pasquani spirit is about love, service, and devotion. Not to camp so much as to one's fellow campers and counselors and as time progresses in adult life, to people in general. These are qualities that keep marriages and families healthy. Pasquani teaches us to serve and make service an attractive mode of living. It, was, it is what will make our life useful to our jobs and to our communities. The Pasquani spirit is different from the rah-rah of school or college loyalty. It tends to be deeper and broader than what we experience elsewhere. It combines peace, tranquility and reflection with an active exuberance, a deep sense of joy in life, and a mellow appreciation of the subtler displays of commitment, trust, and service. We see an atmosphere where individuals transcend themselves to reach out to serve others. The Pasquani spirit asks for our best and brings it out in a way that is fresh and rewarding. By losing ourselves to others in service to others, we find ourselves. Where your treasure is, there will, be, there will your heart be also. Thank you for those words, Bubbles. I described earlier some of the difficulties Mr. Teddy and Mr. Charlie faced, both in the world around them and at camp. Let's turn back to those for a moment. After enrollment dropped in the mid-1930s, Mr. Teddy got enrollment back up to the highest ever, 104, which we've tied only once since then. He determined with his wife where the new chapel should be, placing it here in a young grove of pines that he believed would grow to look like the old chapel, which it does. Pasquani did not close in 1943 because Pop Watson did return, and during one of his summers as director, a 16-year-old served on the council named Bill Davies, cementing a relationship of service to Pasquani, Onaway, Mayhew, and the Circle program that lasted decades. Mr. Charlie returned from the war to lead camp in 1946, and 20 years later, he gave a guest chapel talk at Onaway in 1966, where the little brother of an Onaway camper was visiting named Vinnie Broderick. 
That 13-year-old heard Mr. Charlie speak and thought, I'd like to go to that camp. That worked out pretty well. And Mr. Vinny shaped generations of Pasquani minds and hearts, including mine. Shortly after he started as director, Mr. Vinny led Pasquani through the 2001 dot-com bubble, then through the 2008 Great Recession, and lastly through the 2020 virtual season. In 2021, he helped lead the 2020 walk, one of deep importance. In his final chapel talk, Mr. Vinny didn't talk about how hard being director was or how hard any one season was. He spoke of how deeply grateful he was for the opportunity to serve this place and the people here. Life has challenges. Do not misunderstand the universe by making yourself unhappy dealing with them. See them as a chance to grow into greater happiness. Help us generate that Pasquani spirit these final weeks so we can embrace it while it is so easy to feel in preparation for bringing it home to others. Practice it in the small acts of service, the small details of our daily lives. Let the fellowship of those around you quiet the fever in your mind and the fear in your heart. Earn your happiness consciously. These are difficult times in world history, and we, here today, are to be the leaders of the future and must prepare to meet the challenge which will, without fail, come to each one of us. Let us rise and sing hymn 519.